Hello, my name is Steve Jennings. I lead PwC's energy practice in the UK. Welcome to the next instalment in this series of podcasts by PwC, looking at the implications of the energy transition for companies, investors in the oil and gas and utility space. Just to be clear, when we talk about energy transition, we are referring to the ongoing shift from the current energy system based predominantly on fossil fuels to a lower carbon, smarter and electrified energy system. Today, we'll be focusing on the impact of the energy transition on the oil and gas industry. And I'm joined by Drew Stevenson, the partner leading our UK energy and oil and gas deals team, and Rebecca Jones, upstream oil and gas director, also in our deals team. This team recently produced a viewpoint on energy transition and the implications for mergers and acquisitions, which you can download from our website. So Drew, if I may start with you, um, tell us what the findings are from this report. Okay, thanks, thanks Steve. I mean, in overview um, of what we're seeing in the deal-making marketplace in the energy sector is, is deals becoming increasingly more dynamic. And that's impacted by an accelerating range of economic, regulatory and fiscal and technology-led factors. That impacts on all aspects of deal-making, so from you know, initial strategy through deal valuation, through financing and partnering options, right through to deal execution. But really importantly, what we see is an acceleration, that acceleration being key to how energy companies view their portfolio of assets, with an increasing willingness needed to continually challenge existing, sometimes long-held views on the balance of their portfolios and to take actions based on those views. Companies and investors now have to grapple with the opportunities and challenges of a much more volatile environment where the frequency and impact of external events can quickly change business models. In particular, in an increasingly technology-led energy world, businesses may need to acquire or divest a much more diverse range of assets to help position themselves and to hedge for future growth pathways. Those investments will encompass traditional sources of energy, so hydrocarbons, but increasingly newer ones, which may include extensions across the low-value carbon chain and the technology to unlock and distribute energy more efficiently. I think also partnership and venturing with other businesses will also increase in importance. So, for example, giving access to the capabilities in technology to deliver long-term sustainability. And that collaboration applies equally to partnership with an increasing range of other investors to enable financial agility that's necessary around the, that portfolio rebalancing. So, so Drew, my, my sense from what you've said, in, in a sector often known for very large, sometimes complex, long-term investment decisions, businesses and their deal teams need to adapt mindsets and processes to be far more agile, including how they view existing asset portfolios responding sometimes very quickly to market events. I think that's exactly right, Steve. Rebecca, Drew talked a lot about volatility uh, and disruption in the market. Haven't we always seen this? So tell me, what's changed? Steve, you're right. There's always been disruption in the oil and gas sector. Look at the oil price crashes over the last 30, 40 years. 1985 saw a huge drop in oil prices, redundancies, and people saying it was the end of oil. We saw a low oil price virtually throughout the whole of the 1990s, and then it, an upsurge again in the, in the, in the 2000s. Um, but my sense is that at the moment there's an acceleration and there's a different sentiment, both economic and environmental. There's increasing free frequency of announcements and the urgency towards transformation is definitely increasing, especially in a regulatory sense. 
Look at the wave of initiatives sweeping the market since the oil, this recent oil price crash in 2014. We've got the Paris Agreement li limiting global warming. Saudi Arabia has announced their Vision 2030, which marks their diversification away from a dependence on hydrocarbons. We'd never have seen that 10 or 20 years ago. Volvo have announced that they will only produce fully electric cars from 2019. And even in the UK, diesel and pe petrol cars will be banned from the UK in 2040. Interesting statistics, actually, from the International Energy Agency. For the first time in 2016, global investment in electricity, that means networks, renewables, thermal, was actually greater than in oil and gas. And what we see is that as the momentum for a lower carbon world builds, it becomes increasingly challenging for traditional EMP companies to be doing what they've always done. They need to position themselves for growth. So it's clear, Rebecca, there is a significant transition. In fact, one could say a seismic shift in what's happening in the market. But are there not models and approaches emerging to help companies manage through this transition? Oh, def definitely. Oil and gas companies are adapting in many, many ways, depending on their size, their strategy and where they fit. We've seen a dash for gas, which has half the carbon dioxide content of coal and 30% less than oil. So that's a cleaner future based on fossil fuels. We see that with Shell taking over BG and ExxonMobil taking intra-oil last year. And some of the large independent oil companies have even established renewable business units and are investing in clean technologies from wind and solar to battery producing. Some of these are even setting targets such as Total, which aims to have 20% of its asset base by 2035 in renewables. Companies like Statoil is blending its energy mix, outlining a plan to develop a wind farm with E.ON in the Baltic Sea. And recently, Shell has entered the UK electric car sector by buying New Motion, a company that specialises in vehicle charging points. We must remember that about 20 years ago, BP did initiate a, a change and a focus on renewables. But what Bob Dudley announced recently was that the regulatory change now is much more supportive for that, for that change to begin. So it seems to be something that companies are taking much more seriously with government support. Other companies are taking a more radical stance. We've all heard that Dong has sold its oil and gas assets and completely withdrawn from exploration and production and has rebranded into clean technology. So is, is this the end of oil and gas mega projects in, in the way that we've, we've known and seen for many years in the past? Well, Steve, we're not seeing the end of oil and gas. We know that a, a lower carbon future is out there, but it's not going to be tomorrow and it's probably post-2040. But we are seeing a change and an evolution. And the consideration of pre-sanctioned mega projects that a $110, $120 oil indulged are increasingly unattractive. Shell has pulled out of the Arctic. BP has withdrawn from the Great Australian Bight because it's an extraordinarily difficult place to operate. Frontier, frontier areas and the attraction of what was materiality, um, which is the size of the prize, the amount of oil and gas that's, that, are the, that is there, is now invalidated because in order to access these projects, there's a huge amount of risk. There's companies are focusing now on reducing costs. They don't want to tie up their capital for decades. Complexity it used to be something that was um, was a, was a goal and something that was that was that, that defined these companies. But now complexity is seen to be high risk and high cost, 
And many companies are battening down the hatches and rationalising their portfolios. They're withdrawing from these areas, as I've mentioned, and they're farming out. We see generally a shift to high, low cost and high return. <clears throat> Technically and reputationally, high risk projects are, are not attractive. There's a reinvestment in what we could term advantaged oil. So that's oil that offers a high rate of return, a low cost of entry, low above ground and regulatory risk. Look at the Permian in the, the Delaware Basin Pacific specifically. Um, loads of EMP companies, not just niche players, are flooding in there, including ExxonMobil, which divested out of the Barents Sea and is now in, in unconventionals in the US. And other oil and gas companies are just refocusing or harvesting their core hydrocarbon operations. They recognise that this lower carbon future is out there, but in the meantime, they're going to make as much money as they can because, after all, economies do depend on oil and gas and will do for a long time to come. And Rebecca, to, to add to, to that, this optimization does allow shareholders to use their dividend to invest elsewhere if required. Um, and we are seeing significant movement in the asset market associated with this trend. And I know that you explore this in more detail in, in the report. Yes, we do. So, Drew, if I may return to you, against this backdrop of change and disruption, what would you advise our clients to do? Clearly, there's no, there's no one answer to that, that question. Um, as Rebecca has, uh, has highlighted, there are a number of models emerging to position businesses for the change. I think from our perspective, and, and fundamentally, companies need to have a dynamic perspective on, on, on how they see the future in a lower carbon world and what they see as the most likely future outcomes. But strategies will need to be dynamic to allow them to thrive across different outcomes with an evolving portfolio of assets, including the right mix of hydrocarbons, to match that. I think embedded in all of this is the need for a clear deal-making and execution approach that allows you to successfully invest in businesses with potential to create, to create value, as well as perhaps letting go of some assets that no longer fit your criteria. I think in this environment, agility is key, as is a regular and frequent review of your business portfolio to assess its relevance in this dynamic environment. Drew, thank you. Rebecca, thank you um, for sharing with us your thoughts on the energy transition and particularly the impacts on the oil and gas industry. Clearly, it's presenting enormous challenges and we can see how some of our clients are responding to that. In our recently released report, Energy Transition and the Implications for Mergers and Acquisitions, we examine these themes in greater detail and I would encourage you to read this. Thank you all for listening to this podcast and look out for the next in this series.